0: Woman is a podcast about, you guessed it, women in LA cultivating successful lives for themselves in the grind of traffic and under the palm trees. LA is, without question, one of the world's major cultural hubs and trendsetters. And every woman here has a story to tell. Whether in work, relationships, family, friends, personal growth, finding people who get you, the list goes on. And unless you're living under a rock, it's hard to ignore that this is a really exciting time for women and their perspectives. So let's put some stories out there of women we know in LA who are building big things. And maybe you will take away some advice or at the very least, a good story. I'm your host, Julie Roth. I've lived in LA for eight years. It's been a crazy ride to get to where I am today, and I'm currently living in beautiful Venice Beach. Today's guest is Lauren Jones, sports journalist and LA native. Lauren's passion for sports began at a young age, and after spending many hours in summers in basketball gyms, she knew she didn't want to spend her time anywhere else. After college and a stint in the corporate journalism world, Lauren decided to strike out on her own to tell the stories that weren't being told in mainstream headlines. Q Lojo Media, her very own brand and platform. Now, through her work with the Drew League, the Los Angeles Sentinel, her own podcast, and various other platforms, Lauren is breaking new ground in the sports world with her commitment to sharing positive, uplifting stories about professional and -and up-and-coming athletes. Fair warning, her no-nonsense attitude, entrepreneurial spirit, and willingness to challenge herself will make you an instant fan. Here's Lauren. You studied broadcast journalism in, at SC, is that correct?
1: Correct. I just didn't want to take math, if I'm being completely honest. So I looked at all of the majors that I could take where I didn't have to take math, um, and I was like... I like to talk, you know, I, I could do this. I, I've always been a writer, that's like kind of my background and passion. I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna just try it. And I didn't know what I wanted to do within the sports industry, but I knew I wanted to be in sports. So that was more so like my directive. I like minored in sports media. And while I was at USC, I just kind of figured out like, hmm, around my junior year, I don't want to do agency, which is what I thought I wanted to do. I wanted to be a sports agent when I first got to school. And then I was like, oh, it's kind of slimy. I'm more about, like, athlete empowerment and, like, working in the best interest of athletes, which could be good for that industry, but just the politics and having to maneuver it just didn't resonate well with me. And then I was like, well, I want to be the first female nba player personnel scout i was like this just sounds cool and there's nobody else that's done it before and then i read a book about like scouting in the nba and i was like oh i can't have a family and do that or i can't you know like i want i will have to spend holidays in the press box and even though that's like or or in a gym in the middle of nowhere like there's just it just didn't seem like what I want to do ultimately was compatible with like that lifestyle. So then I was like, well, you're majoring in broadcast already. And then I found the Drew League and I was like, maybe I can just do the thing I'm majoring in. So I went that route.
0: I I know that you are involved in the Drew League Mm -hmm.
1: very much. Yes. Okay. So can you explain what the Drew League is? Sure. So the Drew League is a summer pro am basketball league, which is pro amateur, um, and it's nestled in the heart of Watts. It's on 120th, and it's at King Drew High School. And it's been 45 years of this summer league that's been at various locations in Watts. Started at King Drew Middle School, and essentially i came across it because i was covering another league that was mainly geared towards like college players and um it was supposed to be kind of the equivalent like the junior drew if you will and i went to when it was still at king drew middle school and it was packed michael beasley was on the court and kevin durant walks in and it goes like it's insane like it's this really small gym where it's just packed of just great amazing basketball and so i essentially became i was like i can do what i'm doing you know at say no classic here and i like sat down with the commissioner and I was like, hey, you know, I know I'm like a junior in college, but you guys don't have anybody that's like reporting on the stories and the history of the Drew League. And I I would like to do that, you know? At the time, they didn't even have the rights to their website. Like they were still like in a legal pursuit of getting the rights to thedrewleague.com. And then Nike came on the next year and they were like, we want to do, um, as a sponsor, as a title sponsor. And so they were like, we want to do, you know, reporting. We wanted to have coverage, you know, that's internal. And so I teamed up with an independent contractor that they had who was like my editor. And I literally probably wrote 50 stories that summer um, while I was still in school. And I covered everything from um, coaching highlights to player specials and profiles to game recaps. And, like, while I was working at the Los Angeles Department of Transportation, I literally was, like, banging out stories at my desk. So, that kind of, like, set the precedent for, like, what the, um, I guess, infrastructure of the DrewLeague.com is now. And since then, they've created an entire internship program surrounding it. And I, you know, graduated and got a job, and so I couldn't be as involved. But I've had various hats since then, and then I started to kind of... to me what was an extension of what I started at the beginning which is like the sports broadcasting aspect of the Drew League and that internship so that's kind of how that all came to be and that was like seven years ago which or seven summers ago which is like so weird to say but yes so it's a large part of my summer my I don't really have a full-time gig like I'm I freelance um, for the Los Angeles Sentinel, and throughout kind of my tenure, postgraduate work, I've worked at various companies. I, I started off at Fox Sports, um, went to ESPN, went to Snapchat, and then I really like wanted to pursue reporting full time, and so I made that a priority for me, and have just been covering a lot of the lo- local Los Angeles teams, Dodgers, Clippers, Lakers, Rams, Chargers, et cetera, uh, USC, UCLA, and have built a lot of relationships in that time. And so like about a year ago, I was like, you know, I started Lojo Media through the Drew League, and it was kind of just my, my brand, but like, very intertwined with the Drew League. And then I was like, you know, there's so many other stories that aren't being told in Los Angeles in general. And many of the players that I've met through the Drew League or, you know, through my time at USC, I kind of just started to realize like they don't have a platform to have their stories told in the way that, you know, A-list players like LeBron James or whomever else, you know, Tom Brady are being told. And a lot of the, 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 when I was working at those companies, Fox Sports and ESPN, I just saw so many headlines that were so negative. And I'm like, there's amazing things that a lot of these guys are doing that are not being covered. You know, some of them are volunteering at youth camps, or they have their own before they even step on the field as a professional player. Or, you know, they're going back to their schools and reading to kids. Like, things that are very simple but, like, aren't being told. But as soon as they get a DUI or they get, you know, arrested or any of those things, like, it's like that's how they're associated. So I just I wanted to make sure that I could build a platform in which they felt comfortable to speak to media because a lot of them don't like us. They're like running when they see a microphone and a camera. And so I wanted to change kind of the, the way that media is um, interpreted and to say like, you know, we're not all bad. So, you know, like some of us are on your side. And I want to like create a platform that they feel like they can tell their side of the story of something if they don't get it right with mainstream media. So that's kind of where Lojo Media came from. this industry i had a peer mentor when i was at usc and she basically helped me to outline like who i wanted to be in this industry she's like look at all of the people that you love to watch and figure out what about them you love and then i was listening to i think it was marcellus um, on espn 710 and he said The way to get down to the bottom of what you like is to continue to ask the question why. So let's say I like peaches. Okay, why do you like peaches? Well, they're a pretty color and they're sweet. Well, why do you like that they're a pretty color and they're sweet? Well, they're a pretty color and they're sweet because, well, that's how they were grown. Well, why do you like that they were grown pretty colors and sweet, like literally just continue to ask yourself until you get to the root of why you like something. And so I took a couple people like, Carrie Champion, Jamel Hill, Pam Oliver, um, Aaron Andrews. <laughs> and I started to ask myself what about them? I liked, and so I extracted, you know, got to the bottom, of, well, I like Carrie Champion's poise, and I like the way she dresses, and I like the way she carries herself on camera. She doesn't take herself too seriously, but she knows what she's talking about, and I like that she has a diverse background, like, she doesn't just know about the main three sports, but she knows about tennis and rowing, and, you know, things that are obscure and that not everybody's going to know about, so then I took Jamel Hill, and I'm like, I like that she's opinionated, and she's unafraid to go against, you know, people, players, Speak her mind unabashedly and not really care what the recourses are for what she says. Um, that's something that I, I will stick by every and anything that I do um, or say. Uh, and so they're just like, so I just took a couple of those people and I figured out, you know, these are the things that I like about them. And these are the things that I would want to, you know, I obviously have my own voice and opinions about things, but this is how I would want to construct if I could create, you know, my persona. Um, as a brand and as a person fast forward to now that was like when I was probably I'd say maybe a junior or senior in college and I got to meet a lot of those people since then and you know speak to them and pick their brains and even the younger people like Taylor Rooks and Raza Gold on like people that I'm like okay you went from one year covering the Warriors G League team to being a TNT sideline reporter you know like that's Incredible, you know, and so those trajectories are what I'm reaching towards now um, But in the way that I'm doing it in the most unconventional way probably anybody has seen yet Um, and so I Think women in sports are obviously a growing medium, but there's still a lot of apprehension I think from players perspectives of You know what are their motives and do they really know sports? I mean, I think we saw that with Cam Newton's comments to the reporter last season, and I think some of it's ignorance, but I think also a lot of it is just stigma. You know, based on the fact that I've experienced being around a lot of girls who do have ulterior motives to being in this industry and that do want to, you know, just date players or whatever the case may be, but. What I've learned overall is that you have to choose who you want to be in in this industry and it will become exposed, you know, if you don't walk the talk that you're giving. And so I just make sure that everything that I do is aligned with what my ultimate goal is and that it's not confused. I don't necessarily have an end goal um, other than to produce content on a continuous basis that I believe in. I like having autonomy. I like not having to report to someone. um, And I like being able to continue to have my independence on what I say, how I say it, and when I say it, and produce content that I believe in. And I think that when you work for networks, you don't always get that opportunity or independence to be able to create Content that you believe in, and so I like the uh, more so independent uh, companies like Complex or Vice or Uninterrupted, places that I Players Tribune really believe in the content that they're producing and having the freedom to hold multiple hats. Because when you're a reporter at many of these places, like that's what you're looked <laughs> that's what you're looked to is to just be the reporter. Um, I like to produce, I like to direct. I like to you know do graphics sometimes. I like to edit. I like to, to have my hands in a little bit of everything. And so I don't want to be in a place where I'm just beholden to what they've hired me for. If you can help to control or to put out a more positive narrative of athletes, which is a large part made up of young African Americans, then I'm absolutely for that to be a, a vessel for change um, in terms of how we all relate to each other, in terms of race relations, in terms of you know, this, the whole idea of shut up and dribble, you know that, that mantra that <laughs> was, was brought up. I think that people like LeBron James are such amazing figures because they defy so many stereotypes. And I think that as much as people will love to hate him, there's not much bad you can say about him, you know, and so if we can create more positive narratives of young athletes, men and women, then I think that this will be, and especially in a a category, sports, that brings so many people together anyways, you know, um, I think that that can definitely be a way of changing, and that's what I ultimately wanna do. I wanna like leave a legacy on, you know, the world, and I think my way of doing that has been through understanding how important media is and how important creating narratives that are positive about people because like people aren't all bad you know and I think that that's what I just I see so many like today I saw a headline that was like USC has signed you know a four-star recruit who was known for hitting a ref his junior year at a ju- junior college like that's literally a headline and I'm like, if I if somebody like brought up what I've done in high school or you know at you know at 17, 16 it would be bad. You know, I probably wouldn't have a job. You who know? wouldn't
0: say that? Who, you know? who who can't say that?
1: Right. So, I mean just the amount of scrutiny that we put on, you know, young people as well in these positions. So, ultimately I'd like to probably do more like brand development and management of athletes, but At this point in juncture I'm happy to be reporting and to be able to like share stories that I feel like don't get shared.
0: When it comes to interviewing I mean you've been in so many press conferences, locker rooms, etc. So how have you over the years honed your, your interview skills?
1: That is a great question and this past season of sports was my first season covering professional sports ever. It's a whole nother ball game. And it was really a learning curve for me at the beginning. I was afraid to ask questions, like in the press conference settings, I was afraid to ask questions in the locker room. I still have to get used to like, you know, just the environment and, you know, just seeing how things work, the lay of the land, if you will. Towards the middle of basketball season, it was actually, no, no, it was actually kind of like a fourth of the way through basketball season. I knew I was gonna be covering All-Star Weekend. And I was like, in preparation for All-Star Weekend, every game that you go to, you have to ask a question, no matter what. And that really helped me to start to understand. And so what I started to do was observe the people around me, the other reporters that I respected and that I saw, you know, got a lot out of players. You know, it wasn't just the one word answers or players would look at them like, really? Are you asking that, really? You know, and I started to craft my questions around things that I observed um, throughout the game. So I would write down like three tidbits um, of things that I observed, whether it was a play, whether it was an interaction between players, whether it was a coaching, you know, I don't know, faux pas maybe. And then I would form my questions around that. And it got me. To ask LeBron a question, you know, during All Star weekend on like a national platform, because I would have never. You don't understand. Like going into the first like Rams locker room, I was shook. First off, you know, being a woman in sports, I was one of like maybe two women, um, and these are women that have actually been in the game for a very long time. And I was just following people. Literally, I didn't even know where to go, you know. And I would go into the locker rooms and I would just, like, kind of be in the back. And, like, um, I remember the first time I was in the Rams locker room, I went to school with two of the guys that play on the team. And I heard, Lojo, Lojo. Lojo. And I like, look around and it's like one of my friends that like we were entered freshman year together and I'm like, Nicole you can't do that, okay? Like, I'm already scared. All the PR people are looking at like, who is, you're like, how does she know, you know? Like, but honestly, it was like one of the most warming moments for me because I'm like, you know, it's like, you just have to laugh, like, you know, it's, it's like, it's not that serious, and so once you figure out, like, don't take yourself so seriously, these are people, you know, and what you want to get is the best story possible, and you want to do storytelling that's meaningful, you don't care about, you know, well, you had 10 points tonight, and uh, why didn't you have 11, you know, and like, people ask questions like that, and so you're like, then you start to think, like, people don't really ask very good questions, so it's not as hard as you think it is, you know? And I feel like people start to identify with you more because like, they see, you know, I'm like the only brown girl in the locker room, you know, I could be their sister, you know what I'm saying, cousin, and that's how you relate to them. Like that's, I mean, it just loosens the mood for you. So I think this past year really taught me a lot about interviewing skills and listening, you know if you hear a player say something that stands out to you then ask them about that you know and just having the confidence in your voice Uh, I think that that's one of the most important things that I learned is like what you have to say is important and if you think it's important then other people probably think it's important too youngest people in the room and I'm also either one of the only women um, and especially one of the only people of color and so it's almost a responsibility that you have to carry yourself in a way that is respectable and that um, earns you a reputation because like I said this industry is so small that if one person says you know well, I didn't think that she carried herself well or, you know, she wore something that was a little too revealing or, you know, she's made a comment that, or, you know, a player responded to her in a way that seemed a little, you know, iffy. Like those are ways that you can easily not get a credential anymore. And that's the key to anything in this industry is having a credential. Um, So I'm very mindful of that as well. And, you know, even like I said, the relationships that I have with a lot of the guys, you know, Hey, text me afterwards and we can key, key it up. But you know, when I'm in the locker room, be respectful. Make sure that you know we have we're professionals and let's carry ourselves as such. You know, it's like we could talk about like I was in the um, with a locker room with Drew Holiday for the first time, and when he sees me, we went to high school together, so he sees me and he's like, you know, we just have this moment. where it's like, hey, <laughs> you know, but it's like. You can have those moments, and those are, like, the greatest moments because it's like, you've made it, you know? You've seen these people make it, but, you know, you're right there alongside of them. And he texted me afterwards, and he was like, I'm so proud of you, you know? But it's like, we don't have to have those moments for everyone to share with us, but, like, you know, to have the nods, like, I, I see you, girl. You know, I am I see you, you know? It's like, cool. It's great. It's the best. So,
0: <laughs> right. Um, keep it, it professional. Yeah,
1: keep it professional at all times. And I try to tell every... Especially the young women, because it's so easy to get a bad rep. People are looking to discredit you. The Drew League taught me very early and very easily you know, that guys are going to try. You know, um, and you have to choose who you want to be early. You want to be known for you know, your professionalism and your internships and your you know, ability to ask great questions, or do you want to be known for other? And get the side eyes. (laughs) And get those, oh yeah, I know her. Mm -hmm. You know? So, it's just choosing who you want to be and and really living that out. So,
0: you said you always wanted to be in sports. Why sports?
1: You know, I never played sports. Probably one of the most uncoordinated people you'll ever meet. I do have a corner jumper. 15 foot. (laughs) That I learned to keep my own. But other than that, or Dave and Buster's all-star on the little court, that is, because the big court like, hurts my arms. Yeah. After a while, I'm like, okay, well, this is a workout now, so I don't enjoy this. Um, But otherwise, I grew up with, well, my dad passed away when I was five, and so, like, my father figure was my uncle, and he was, uh, like, a ref. He played overseas basketball, and... He had a traveling basketball team when I was in middle school. And whole, I'm being very candid right now, but I was like, ooh, cute boys, you know? I was in seventh grade, and I, like, he would make me um, set up the registrations for all their camps. And so I would get to see all that. I'm like, uncle, if you ever need me on Saturdays, I am your girl, you yeah. know? And then he started letting me travel with them to like Vegas tournaments and things of like that. And I was just like, this is fun. And then I started doing it on my own. So um, I reached out to like a couple Nike reps at places I had met them. And they were like, you know, if you want to cover like, or, um, you know, do the the shot clock. That was always my thing, either the book or the shot clock um, at EYBL tournaments, which is like a huge um, AAU tournament every year. And so, they would ask me, you know, hey, do you wanna cover UIBL this year? And I'd be like, sure, yeah, like I'd love to. And then I was in the gym like all day from like 8 a.m. until like 7 p.m. And I loved it. Like, I was like, I actually like basketball. Like, it's cool to watch, you know, these different players and from all around the country that, you know, have such amazing talent and they're so young and to see the dynamics between the different teams and who has rivalries and such. And and so I really just fell in love. And then I got to Campbell Hall and it was this small private school, but they had such amazing basketball talent, the holidays. And um, it wasn't just them, but it was like, Austin McBroom, um, Douche Johnson, yes, who is now like a like celebrity in his own right, but he used to he was our point guard, and they won like back to back CIF uh, championships, and so I was a cheerleader when I first got there, and then I was like, wait, we can't travel with the team, I quit. So I quit and I became the manager of their team because I could travel. Love the
0: basketball like, manager, man!
1: Right? Yeah. I had to make brownies, which sucked. But other than that, like it was a great gig. And every like where we went, like whether it was Cotton Centennial or Price or like all of these schools that were just like basketball powerhouses, I just fell in love with the game. Got to USC and got my heart broken. Like before I got to USC, I was like. I'm going to work in the basketball office and I'm gonna be a manager for the basketball team. And they were like, we don't allow female managers. What? Yes, yes. And I was like, huh, (laughs) good, what? They're like, you can work in the recruiting office, you can work in this or that, but you can't be a manager because we've had trouble in the past. And I was like, that's a BS, yes. So I worked in the recruiting office, um, in the basketball office at USC, and I got to meet some really great people. Um, Dwayne Deadman is still one of my closest friends who plays for the Atlanta Hawks right now. And I remember him coming on his official visit and us, like, just tearing up the row and having the best time. But, like, I made a lot of relationships there, but it was just not satisfying because I'm like, our team sucks. Our team is, like... One and 30 and they suck, you know, and so I was like, okay, well, I need to broaden my horizons clearly because basketball is not it here. And obviously USC is a football powerhouse. So I went over to the athletic department and got exposed to the football team and fell in love with college football. And from there like my love of sports just continued to grow. It was like everything that I became exposed to, I liked more and more. But basketball is like really where like my love of sports started. And that's kind of why the Drew League has made sense for me because I could be in a gym all day, you know, for an entire summer and like be happier than ever. Cuz you just get to see so many amazing players and people that might not ever make it out of that gym or ever play out of that gym, you know, but some of the best basketball you'll ever see. So yeah, that's where my love of sports, I guess, came from.
0: Is there a woman who you admire and why, professional, personal, someone you know, someone you don't know, that inspires you?
1: Absolutely easy call. Sandra Mitchell, my mom. She's been so supportive of me. She's been so forgiving of me. I have not always been this woman, and even this woman got some stuff, but the old me was a lot more to deal with, and she's just been very instrumental in, like, helping to mold me to be a woman, and to understand what that means to be a woman, and, like, her amount of sacrifice, like, she was a single parent, essentially, because of who she is, I'm allowed to be who I am, and... Even you know, in terms of me being an entrepreneur, like not every parent is going to be like, I support you, you know, and building your brand and being unemployed and like or fun employed as I call it, you know, and freelancing and like, like get a job, like while you're doing it, get a job, you know. And she's just very, very supportive of me, so she inspires me. She's why I work so hard. She's why I will continue to get up early and go to sleep late and do as much as I can to be successful because like I want to see her happy and comfortable and like have no worries because she deserves that.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on the show I'm so happy we made this happen me too you are very much an inspiration I'm so excited to see what you do next
1: what is what is going to happen next that's the question
0: I hope you're inspired by Lauren's story. You can follow all of her happenings at lojomedia.com or on Instagram at lojomedia. That's L O J O. Also, don't forget to check out her podcast, The Lowdown, on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Thanks for tuning in to LA Woman. Please do us a solid and subscribe and rate on iTunes. And we're also at LAwomanpodcast.com and at LAwomanpodcast on Instagram. Let's keep inspiring each other as LA women and as women everywhere. One more thing. This podcast was written, produced, and edited by me, Julie Roth. Our music was composed by Jazar.